Good afternoon. This is Jeff Thomas, and I would like to welcome you to this uh, Friday noon edition of Words from the Word of God. I want to get right into the message. We have a lot of ground to cover today concerning Scripture and what the Word of God has to tell us. But as a refresher, I would like to remind you, excuse me one second. I would like to remind you um, of the broadcast before last where I had entitled it Beginning the Journey. <clears throat> and I was I was speaking there concerning the many reasons according to Scripture uh, why Jesus is the only way unto the, to come unto the Father and the only way of salvation. And if you remember uh, two episodes ago, I preached on John uh, 14, 1 through 6, where Jesus, in answer to Thomas's question, Lord, how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. <clears throat> Excuse me. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So springing forward to today, we had, you know, we had well established by the Lord's words to his disciples and to us that, yes, he is, in fact, the only way that anyone can come unto the Father, that anyone can come to salvation. He is the only way. It must be through faith in him by the grace of God. Now, today, and as we stated uh, two episodes ago, we want to begin a series of messages that, according to Scripture, describe why Jesus is the only way. Why Jesus is the only way. You say, well, I already know. Well, there might be someone out there that doesn't know. So we want to focus in today on what the Word of God has to tell us. And let's let the Word of God speak to our hearts today. <clears throat> I want to speak to you today about one of the the first, but what I consider a greatly, if not most important reason why Jesus is the only way of salvation, the only way to come into the Father, and that is by the word grace, the word grace. The gospel message is the good news of Jesus Christ through God's grace. The gospel message is the good news of God's grace. It is important to know what grace is and to constantly seek to get a better view in Scripture through the Word of God what grace does in our lives. Grace is an essential part of God's character. It Grace is closely related to God's loving kindness, his long-suffering, his love, and his mercy. Grace can be variously defined as God's unmerited favor, his undeserved favor. Or it can be defined as God's loving kindness on the undeserving. In his grace, God is willing to forgive us and bless us abundantly in spite of the fact that we don't deserve to be treated so graciously, generously, lovingly, and merciful. 
It is only by God's grace. It is nothing that we do that merits it or can earn it. We can't buy it. We can't do enough good deeds to to have it and to grasp hold of it. It is fully by God's unmerited favor. It is undeserved. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, and this is a well-known verse of Scripture that all know. He said, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It is God's unmerited favor. To fully understand what grace is, we need to consider who and how important grace is. We need to consider who we are and were without Christ. Many times after we've been saved for a while, we lose sight of what we used to be, what our old life used to be, unless some of our friends and family tend to point it out sometimes when you want to witness to them. But we tend to lose sight of that. So let's look back at what we were and what we And my friend, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior by faith in him and his vicarious sacrifice and blood shed on uh, Calvary's cross for your sins, this is where you stand today. It is not my words, it's the word of God speaking. First of all, we need to see that we are all born in sin. Psalm 51, 5, the psalmist writes, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Not only that, we are all guilty of breaking God's holy laws. The apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, verses 9, through 12 and 19 and 20 verses 19 and 20 we'll read these right quick allow the word of god to speak to your heart this is why it is so important to understand that we are undeserving and that god is god solely upon his unmerited favor his love mercy and grace is shed upon us because not that we loved him but that he first loved us but this is where we are without christ the apostle paul writes in romans chapter 3 verses 9 and again 9 through 12 and 19 and 20 we're going to skip around a little bit he says there in verse 9 what then are you are we better than they no and no wise for we have before proved both jews and gentiles that's speaking of non-jew that they are all under sin did you hear that word all pay a particular particular attention to that as it is written this is verse 10 of chapter 3 of romans that is as it is written there is none righteous no not one pay attention to that word none There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Uh, Verses 19 and 20 of Romans uh, chapter 3. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Speaking of in God's sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. My friend, you and I, 
there is no way that we could ever be good enough to earn, to merit the grace of God. It is solely a free gift. It is a free gift, my friends. And not only that, but the Apostle Paul says, uh, you know, right here he says the word, uses the word all three times. He uses the word none four times. No, not one, two times. No flesh, one time. And that means no flesh shall be justified uh, in his sight. Those, when words are repeated in Scripture over and over and over, I tend to give, uh, um, put emphasis on those things. That means that none of us, not a one of us born, and even like the 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 psalmist said, behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. There is not a, a person alive today that is born that is sinless. There was only one sinless man that ever walked the face of this earth, and that was Jesus Christ our Lord. And he was God in the flesh. He was man, all man, but he was all God. But here Paul is telling us that there is, he makes it very clear that we have no means of justifying ourselves. Not only that, we are unrighteous. There in verse 10, he said, there is none righteous, no, not one. Not only that, but in Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, he says we are enemies of God because, and he says right there in verse 7, and this is chapter 8 of Romans, Paul writes, led by the Holy Spirit or inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Therefore, stating here, you know, we're apart, apart from Jesus Christ, we are spiritually destitute. We, he just said it right here. We're enemies of God. He said it over here in Romans chapter 3. There is none of us that's righteous. No, not one. We cannot live up to God's holy standard. Not only that, we're spiritually destitute. That's what that means, my friends. Excuse me. This means, in a nutshell, that we are spiritually destitute destitute apart from Christ and the grace of God. We are blind, we are unclean, and we are dead. Romans 6, 23, the first part says, for the wages of sin is death. That speaks, my friend, of physical death, yes, but that also speaks of the second death, that eternal spiritual death being separated from God forever and ever from the saving power of God through his grace through Jesus Christ forever and eternity. That's considered the second death. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. If you experience the spiritual breath, my friend, if you're out there in the world and you're hearing this today and you feel the drawing of the Holy Spirit and Jesus is calling your name, and you, I, I promise you, please accept him today before it's too late because the second death uh, it's not something that you want to look forward to, I promise you. But not only that, uh, not only we stand in, uh, in, in, in danger of physical death, but our souls were, were or are in peril of judgment 
and condemnation. Jesus said as he was uh, speaking unto Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, And this is condemnation, that light is coming to the world, speaking of himself, and that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Condemnation, that speaks of an eternal uh, damnation, eternally separated from God. But all this bad news that we have, I have to say this, you know, God's unmerited favor. It's a, it's a wonderful and remarkable experience to, to have the gospel come alive in your life by accepting the free gift of God's grace. And it is a free gift, uh, you know, and here, you know, all this is given to us and lets us know where we stand apart from Christ. But God doesn't leave us destitute because he, he, but then he, then comes his grace. He extends his favor to us. Grace is what saves us. Remember what I said what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. He said, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The Bible repeatedly calls grace a gift. This is important analogy because it teaches us some kind, some key things about grace. First, it teaches us that anyone who has ever received a gift understands that a gift is much different from a loan which requires repayment or return of the recipient. The fact of, that grace is a gift, uh, the fact that grace is a gift, excuse me, means that nothing is owed in return. Second, there is no cost to the person who receives the gift. The gift uh, is the gift is free to the recipient, although it's not free to the giver who bears the expense. My friends, today the gift of salvation to us sinners cost us nothing, but the price of such an extravagant gift, remarkable gift, came at a great cost, and that was every drop of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's blood at a place called Calvary where he died in our place. Third, once a gift has been given, speaking of grace, ownership of the gift is transferred. It is now ours to keep. There is a permanence in the gift of grace that does not exist in any other material gift, loan, or any kind of advance that you could ever receive. When a gift changes hands, the giver permanently relinquishes all the rights to renege or take back the gift. God's grace, my friends, is forever. Fourthly, in giving of a gift, the giver voluntarily forfeits something of his own willingly losing what belongs to him so that the recipient will profit from it. The giver becomes poor so that the recipient can become richer. 
My friends, that is exactly what happened when Jesus Christ emptied himself out of his majesty. Notice I just said his majesty as the second person of the triune eternal Godhead. He emptied himself of his majesty and took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And in the Second Corinthians uh, verses 8 and 9, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, the apostle Paul writes, as he is inspired by the Holy Spirit, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that through, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. My friends, finally, the Bible teaches us that grace is completely unmerited as we have already stated it is the uh, most wonderful gift that you and i could ever receive and that is the free gift of god's grace through faith in jesus christ for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves the apostle paul wrote this uh, beautiful beautiful verse in titus chapter 2 verse 11 when he writes unto Titus in his epistle there as he is inspired of the Holy Spirit he says for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men my friends you want to know why Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation well let me tell you a wonderful reason today and that is the free gift of God's grace he loved you and I so much the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I tell you what, my friends, there is no greater gift than the gift of God's grace through faith in, in Jesus Christ. <sighs> Man, I tell you, what a blessing today. God's, God's grace, the greatest gift ever given. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If you have not accepted him today, if you've not received him by faith, I would invite you to do so today. You say, well, nobody ever gives me anything. This world is taken, taken, taken from me and never gives me nothing. Well, there's one, my friend, today that's calling your name. There's one today that wants to give you the greatest gift you could ever receive, and that is Jesus Christ our Lord through your faith in him and the grace of God becoming a reality in your life can bring about changes that you never imagined. I just pray that we would see today one of the most important reasons to me in my heart is because I've experienced the grace of God. I say this through my faith in Jesus Christ. One of the greatest reasons Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father, the only way of salvation is through the wonderful gift of God's grace. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. I pray that you would have a blessed weekend as we enter into this weekend. And I look forward to the next time that we can share in a word from the Word of God.